Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 60. Just a reminder, you can find all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com or over at YouTube, youtube.com slash callthatgirl. And before we get on with our show this week, I wanted to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Rap River. Uh, They've been my sponsor for over three years now. They have reseller and partner plans. And uh, I always say this, what I love most about them is their phenomenal support that they give. They're all located in Florida, and they're great to have as a backup for my tech support company. All right, you guys, here we go. We have Mr. Carl Palachuk with us here today. Welcome, Carl. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) The famous Carl. I remember (laughs) the first time I started hearing about you was over at Technible, and um, the word MSP was really new to me because I was a break-fix tech. And everybody started talking about MSP a few years ago. It was kind of getting real popular. And everybody said, you got to read this book, Manage Services in a Month. So I think, is that like your your claim to fame with, with the, the books? Well, uh, I hope so. <laughs> I, you know, I got started with a book called the Network Documentation Workbook. Really? And uh, that was over 10 years ago. So wow. that book sold a lot of copies. Old school, huh? Yeah. I've uh, Actually, I have a total of 15 books now. I saw that on your website. So yeah. <laughs> you're more than so. welcome to give us a little breakdown of, you know, what you do. Carl's website is smallbusinessthoughts.com. Plum full of, it never ends. <laughs> You've got us going. Like, I'm like, you could be on that site for an hour, Carl. It's great. Well, good, good. <laughs> what's your what's your core business right now? And with aside of all the books and audio and ebooks and the speaking, uh, so- you yeah, I uh, I have two businesses. So I am a managed service provider. Okay. I have a small business. I was an MSP or, you know, an IT consultant gotcha. for about 17 years and <clears throat> grew my business to be about 900000 in revenue and uh, 12 employees total. Okay. And then I sold that to my service manager. Mm-hmm. And then I did some coaching with him and sort of basically stayed with the company, but changed my role for the next couple of years. And then when he sold the business again, I went off on my own and started another managed service business. So I just have a small business with a few clients in Sacramento, California. Nice. And all of my clients are actually former clients who were with the old business. (laughs) Uh, And I, so that's one business. And then I, obviously I write books and I travel around the country and I give speeches and I train IT consultants to be better at the business side of their business. Yeah. So I've been seeing that on Facebook. I became friends with Carl. Well, I don't know if we're friends. I follow you actually. Um, well, you <laughs> know, the my thing, friend. <laughs> I think I friended you, but I don't, I don't remember. But the point is I follow him. And the thing is when you're trying to learn from others, just watching their Facebook uh, their interaction really can tell you how much you actually put into your business. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, Carl is out there. I mean, I thought I was a social media person. Carl is out <laughs> there. When he, when he goes somewhere, he puts it out there. Whenever he's working on something, he puts it out there. And that means you're engaging with your audience, and that's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You always hear this advice about, here's what you should do with whatever. Pick a subject. Yeah. And one of the things I've learned with social media is, here's what you should do. Whatever you want. And, and you'll attract the audience that finds that appealing. And so many people, they're told your blog post should be 500 words. Well, I had more than one book that came out of a series of blog posts that were really, really, really long. Yeah. The original Managed Services in a Month book came out of eight blog posts. They were gargantuan, right? So the advice of keeping your blog posts short, that didn't work for me. No. And the same thing I've heard people say, you shouldn't post on Facebook more than, you know, three or four times a day. There's times I post 15 times on Facebook. It's whatever yeah. I want to do. That's what I do. Well, and you put a little giggle in there sometimes, I notice. It'll just, oh, a little, yeah. just a little touch, you know. And at first I was like, are you doing it yourself? And I thought yeah. someone maybe you paid. And I'm like, no, he has to be doing this himself because it's it just doesn't seem like a social media person would do that, you know. <laughs> well, I do have some tools I use. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. 
anyway, I, I've got tools that I use for posting things. So yeah. I type it all in and then it gets scheduled. Yeah. You know, but like when I do a blog post, I then schedule some mm-hmm. social media posts. Uh, and the main reason for that is that uh, there's a great quote I learned from Arlen Sorensen at HTG. He said, don't worry about what people think of you because they probably don't. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the truth is uh, nobody watches everything you do on social media. So it's like this constant flood. So if I post three times about something, most people aren't going to see it once, let alone three times. That's true. Yeah, social media is is indifferent. Uh, some people like you because I'm. I try to put my stuff out there. I've got some people that don't care for me, so don't follow me, and and don't harass me about it. Just don't. You don't have to. You know. Right. Change yeah. the channel. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. But I, I have a good, pretty so pretty good social media following. But I just find that yours is very engaging, and uh, and Carl's been joining some groups on Facebook, so that's how I kind of caught in with you was uh, the IT bog group on Facebook is getting some really good traction there. And, um, you know, for interaction, I, I do promote it on the show here. People can join it. And then I have an office 365 group also. So I'll put those links in the show so people can catch that. But Carl's been out there. This is why I got him on the show is he's got a new, uh, was it a book or a product line or service for MSP for office 365? Well, I've I've, uh, put put together a program for the fall. And one of the things I'm going to talk about is uh, how do you build a package for your cloud services? Yeah. You know, some people say, oh, I'm not a cloud service provider. Like, you know what? Everybody's a cloud service provider. Mm -hmm. If you're in this business, you're selling hosted backup, hosted exchange, hosted spam filtering, (laughs) hosted antivirus. I mean, on and on and on, you know. And so... Uh, I'm just putting together a program to help people figure out how to bundle their stuff together because that's where you make the money. It is. And that is so awesome because I've been trying to teach it, Carl. It's very difficult and challenging to to try to teach it because there's so many different ways to do things, you know. And uh, I'm, as you know, I've told you I'm a break-fix tech, even though I'm doing just Outlook expert work, but I'm still break-fix. I don't like the managed services model because I don't like invoicing. That's it. I hate chasing invoices, Carl. But you don't invoice your clients on, on BreakFix? No, I make them all pay me before projects. Okay, so here's the yeah. deal. Here, here's <laughs> the really good news. Okay. I believe you should get prepaid for absolutely everything you do. Yeah. And the way you do that with managed services is very simple. You sign a contract that says you will pay me every month with a credit card on the first day of the month. Period. End of story. And if people don't want to do that, my alternative is they pay me three months in advance with a check. Oh, Interestingly enough, the only companies that do that are the big ones because for whatever reason, they don't like to put stuff on a credit card. That's fine with me. It means my biggest customers give me a ton of money three months in advance. <laughs> so cash is king. <laughs> exactly. All right. See, you know what? I, in my last show, I said, maybe I can get Carl to twist my arm to think about it. <laughs> Now, all my listeners know, Carl, that I did put my foot in the MSP waters a couple of years ago with um, with a white label company, and my biggest hassle was the invoices. I hated chasing invoices, and that made me forced to stop it all. Right. Well, I, I don't think anybody should ever uh, send out an invoice and be paid in arrears. I think you should gotcha. be paid in advance for everything. Okay. Well, that just right there made me just respin my thoughts because if here's what I'm doing with my services is I use a vendor and I have them, the vendor charge the clients. So I don't have to deal with that. Then I charge right. my fees for the migration and the prepaid ticket all up front, you know? So, oh boy. Well, that might be something to think about here for the third quarter. Cause I've been kind of wondering, I make about the same amount of money, Carl, every year. Exactly. And you said in your email to me that the biggest problem that break fix people have is never getting to the next level and maybe possibly losing because they're not advancing in technology. You can go ahead and talk about that because that's what I probably need to hear. (laughs) I do. Well, well, you know, part of it is that, um, let me say how I got started with managed services, what we now call managed services is back in the day, Uh, When Microsoft first came out with the automatic reporting in small business server, I turned that on in my clients and I, and I went to my clients and I said, here's the deal. I'm going to monitor your server. When anything goes wrong, I'm going to get a ping 
and I'm going to, I'm going to remote in, I'm going to know what's going on. And I used a, a tool called servers alive, which used to be free and now it's a for pay product. But basically it would, if a server went down, it would send me a text message. And so, you know, my phone would go ding, ding, and a client could say they could literally hear that I was monitoring other people's systems, right? Yeah. And um, so I charged them to monitor their systems and make sure everything was, you know, that, you know, we put in tickets if there was a problem. It didn't include any labor, right? But I was charging $250 a month, essentially for monitoring their systems. Nice. Preventive maintenance. And then if something went wrong, then I'd open a ticket and I would charge them for that. Okay. And then I, I'm a firm believer in preventive maintenance. So every month I would go in and I would say, all right, I'm going to spend an hour or an hour and a half. And we're going to check all these things on your server make sure you have enough disk space and look at the error logs and clean things out and defrag databases, whatever needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And so between the two of them, it was real easy for me to then turn around and say, we're going to go to a prepaid model. And so on the first of the month, you're going to pay me 350 bucks and that's less than what you've been paying for monitoring plus monthly maintenance. So sign here, everybody did. And then I said, okay, now we're going to cover the workstations. So here's the, here's what the charge is for that. Then we're going to cover the network and here's the charge for that. And so it didn't take very long before I realized that um, the average five to 10 user customer is going to pay in the neighborhood of 900 to a thousand dollars a month. Wow. Yeah. Every month, period. Yeah. And that allows me to have the money to get tools so that I, I make sure that they've got their patch management and antivirus in place. Mm-hmm. And that gives me remote access to every desktop, right? Mm-hmm. And all of the tools. So, you know, whatever tool you use, it's probably in the neighborhood of $1.50 per desktop per month mm-hmm. and uh, maybe two fifty with antivirus. And so, if you're charging, say, in the neighborhood of $50, $60, $70 a desktop, that's a nice little profit margin. Yeah. And, you know, there, there is labor. You do have to actually do the monthly maintenance. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> but as long as you're willing to do that, I think you earn a lot more than, than you would if you were just doing break fix. Yeah. You also get customers who understand the value of preventive maintenance. And that's nothing to sneeze at. Well, that's the difference between... Break fix clients and moving to the MSP for any technology. And while you were talking, Carl, I got thinking, oh my God, how much am I losing? I mean, I'm not selling what uh, for the Office 365, the online backup, I'm not selling that, which is like done through a third party, which I could be because why? I'm afraid to invoice right. again, <laughs> afraid to manage. Actually, the word is manage stuff, Carl. I think that's what I'm afraid of. Well, you know, there are. <laughs> Also, other people in the world who are happy to put this in place, yeah. and uh, you you know you can get an outsourced uh, administrative assistant who will handle all that. Yeah. So. I know. So then that's just one thing. But then the other thing is, okay, I'm not selling the spam filtering. I'm not selling the encryption. I'm not selling. I mean, you just could go on and on and on of all the stuff I could right. be selling. Well, and App River probably has a tool that you can look down and say, here's all the things that you could be reselling. Holy smokes. <laughs> I know, but Carl, you know what? I think like a lot of techs have this same panic I do. I'm, I feel like, and I've been in business nine years, that they called me. I have to win that client first. And I'm afraid to give them this huge invoice or the quote of uh, what would be four times their amount. But even though they'd get everything, my business clients are like four clients, five in size. They don't have big budgets and just, you know, not all, but a lot of them. And I'm like, to say it's all or nothing that scares me still if I move. But, but it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can yeah. be, here's, here's my three packages. It starts with monitoring only, or it starts with monitoring plus uh, monthly maintenance or, you know, whatever it makes sense to you. True. We have a package, what I call my cloud five pack. Okay. And it's easy to sell because you say, look, this is a bundle. This, this covers for five users, your antivirus, your spam filtering, uh, we're going to give you a brain dead website, you know, nothing fancy, no, no programming, but just a basic website, uh, your email, right. We're going to have hosted email mm-hmm. and we're going to give you 250 gigs of storage. Okay. 
right? So, so that's kind of the big bundle. And now we include Office in it because we can we can bundle the Office 365 mm-hmm. and, and make money, right? So we sell that five users, two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Okay. All right, and that then bad. what? That ain't bad. No, it's not bad at all. It's, <laughs> it's see, the thing is, it's so cheap, it's hard to argue with. Like if somebody says, "Well, I only have four users," you're like, "Okay, it's it's two fifty. I only have I only had three users. Okay, it's it's two fifty because that's a cheap price. Yeah, whether you have one user or five users. Um, but anything five or under, it's two hundred fifty bucks a month. And then we charge if we say, "Well, now if you want us to cover the desktops, if you want us to fix things on the desktop, that's another two fifty a month for five users. So now they're at five hundred bucks a month." And uh, they've got what they need, right? And yeah. you know, the kind of the idea is to put all of the technology they need in a bundle. Yeah. And you know, some people will say, "Well, I can only charge. I can only afford the first two fifty, and others will say, "I can afford both." But after they get like one invoice for something, all of a sudden they can afford both. Right? Yeah, I, I like the bundle idea because what I would include is probably password resets and account changes, little stuff. You know, I, I have to think I don't do antivirus, Carl. I don't do any any more tech support. I've I've niched down to just Office 365 and Outlook. That's it. So for me, I'd have to create a bundle of just the the stuff that would be administrative passwords and little stuff. And I think I would include the online backup for the office and. Uh, Maybe some other things. I'd have to think about well, it. Well, I mean, they're buying all that stuff from somebody. So if they're yeah. not buying it from who, from you, who are they buying it from? Exactly. Well, 50 bucks a month, I like that 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 price. That sounds right, you know. But I also like bundling it in a group of five instead of just one. Five. You know, it makes it worthwhile for me. Yeah. It also draws a line between clients who are going to invest something and clients who aren't. Most of my clients buy two five-packs. Okay. With managed services. So that's literally a thousand bucks a month. And and actually we just raised our rate, so we're a little higher than that now. But that's where it started was yeah. at the two forty-nine. Um and then see so you may or may not want to do this. We for a hundred dollars a month, I will put a server on site. It's one of those little HP mm-hmm. servers yeah. with um uh, foundation or essentials on it. Oh. And so that way if they if let's say that their main storage is in the cloud, what we're going to do is pull a copy of that back down to that server at night. And that server becomes their um, backup. A cloud backup on the, on the land. It's a back. Exactly. It's a re, kind of a reverse backup, but it means that their stuff is completely safe in the cloud. And if they can't get to the internet, they can still get it to their data. And it yeah. gives them fast logons because active directory is on their physical domain. Gotcha. So we've got a domain on even a five user network. Um, and there, and so we own that server. Gotcha. And so you're leasing it to them. Yeah. So I'm not, not leasing. It's, it's a service. It's a hundred dollars a month. So, uh, at the, you know, at the end of the day that I belong, I own that server. Yeah. You can and lock them just, out uh, remotely just, too, right? Pardon me? You can lock them out remotely if they didn't want to pay, right? Sure. If you needed to. <laughs> Yeah, you're just thinking. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I just bought one of those servers, so that was um, I think it was right around seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. with uh, like sixteen gigs of RAM and you know a one terabyte hard drive, yeah. and uh, and then you put essentials on there is a couple hundred bucks. You have a fifteen user license, and um, you know you you do have remote access. You you know it's a pretty yeah. small deal. So I'm out less than a thousand bucks. And so in the first 10 months, that machine is paid for. And for the next three years, it's 100% profit. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't deal with the hardware, but I know that there's a lot of these techs out there that want to learn how to do this stuff. That's great advice there, Carl. Well, even if you don't deal with the hardware, you can sit down with them and charge them by the hour to help them buy the right thing from CDW. Yeah, so you use CDW for your hardware purchases? I mostly, I, I have a couple of wholesalers. So I have DNH and I have Cynix. Gotcha. So I worked with CDW years ago. They were great. Uh, I used to have a resale account with them. And, and uh, when I started up my new business, they didn't want to do re, uh, resale anymore. So, yeah. Well, they, they were good back then. 
Hi, Carl. Well, let me ask you a few questions about this Office 365. So uh, you're putting out together a package that techs can uh, take your class or purchase. What are you doing with that? So um, I'm putting together, actually, I have a big fall seminar. This is my 12th annual fall seminar. Okay. It used to be attached to SMB Nation's fall conference. And uh, so this year it's attached to the SMB Tech Fest conference, which is in Anaheim. You and I sent some emails back and forth about that. Or I, I'm going in January. Oh, excellent. excellent. I already got my hotel all planned out and stuff. I went in looking for that today. I can't go in October because I'm going to Mexico, but I'm going to go in January, I think. It looks <laughs> good. Well, I bought my tickets for October because I, I went on Southwest, and then they said, well, add a, add a hotel. So I, added, I did the thing to add a hotel. The cheapest hotel was the Queen Mary for two nights. So I'm like, I'm staying on the Queen Mary. And that's a ship or boat, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's not a bad deal. Uh, if you follow Carl on Facebook, you'll find that this guy travels a lot. I've only been following you for a little while. And I'm like, dang, man, you must have some awesome miles. <laughs> Always out there. Anyway, go ahead with uh, with your fall. Thing. Yeah, so so the fall conference, uh, Tech Fest, first of all, is yeah. great. And if you go to smbtechfest.com slash K-A-R-L. Okay. There's a little thing that'll get you in for free. Cool. Um, and so uh, the, there's the, that is for two days, Thursday and Friday. And then Friday at noon, my seminar starts. Okay. And we're doing lunch with the folks from TechFest. And then I've got a four-hour seminar on how to make money with big data and cloud services. Okay. And so I, I go into building the bundle and uh, putting together the cloud five pack. Well, they have the online one too now, right? So for TechFest, yes. Yeah, I yeah, saw that. You don't that. have to be there in person for that. Yeah, I saw that. So for people watching, I, you know what, Carl, I just don't know why I don't know about everything in the world, but I just was like, <laughs> I don't know, I know about that. But, uh, you know, the, the TechFest, I went and looked at all the um, vendors and stuff. They're all like companies I work with or I know of or whatever. So Right. I was like, I guess uh, SMB Tech Fest is where I got to start paying attention. But they do have an online one, so you can watch it online. And is there a cost for that? Um, I don't think so. If, yeah. if you if you do the thing slash Carl, so that's cool. Well, I'll make sure to put that in the notes too. Yeah. Okay. But so you know, what what I do with the Office three sixty five is I now include that in my managed service bundles in all of my bundles. Gotcha. Uh, and I did it for many years because I'm I'm not a fan of going straight to Microsoft. I Oh, who is? <laughs> <laughs> well, just just keeping track of the licenses was a disaster. Yeah. And especially because uh, there are some clients where they have turnover. So if the username is the person's name, you know, yeah. it just never stops. And uh, so so going through a reseller, I'm, I'm able to, I basically, I create a, a, a user that is, Workstation01 mm -hmm. at company.com. Okay. And I put the license on that, and I make that as an alias to the administrator mailbox. Mm. So whenever I need to reset the password or whatever, I say, yeah, yeah, send me the email. They send it to Workstation01 at, at company.com. I log on as the client administrator. I get that email. I say, yes, that's me, or reset it or whatever. And that way I can manage it all from their account. And if I get hit by a bus, you could come in and manage that. All you need to do is be able to get access to the administrator mailbox. Gotcha. And as long as I document my work, you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, but that way, a person can come and go 52 times. And it's only when I change workstations that I need to deal with the licensing. That's right. That's really smart, especially on the MSP level. Uh, with with me, I deal with the actual users and and no workstations at all. So, I think I think one thing that surprised me, Carl, that I didn't know about you is that you're a working tech. <laughs> <laughs> here I'm thinking you're just like this MSP person in the sky. And uh, I emailed Carl earlier some questions uh, that I got from the Facebook people, and he's like, "No, I'm a working tech." So I'm like, "That's awesome," because a lot of people I don't know I didn't think you did, did the tech work still. And uh, so that's that's a great tip. Do you mind if we jump into some of those questions? I don't mind um, at all. I don't have it in front of me, but no, uh, I, I'll just roll them off here. I mean, that's this is a good segue into that. So, and I may not have answers to all of them. No, because I don't either, Carl. Guess <laughs> what? These questions, I think they were trying to to poke at us. Oh, okay. Because they think that we know everything, and <laughs> I I know I don't. 
Um, so one guy, his name is RD from the IT bug group. He said, would you recommend starting with a partner like App River or direct sales from MSP? And you just kind of answered that. Yeah, absolutely. App River or whoever your favorite is, because uh, first of all, you just have one company to deal with. You can actually get somebody on the phone for tech support or, you know, you can send an email and you get an instant response and, uh, you know, just everything about it is better. It is. That's why I keep using vendors. And before App River, I had another company that got really crappy. So I've had nothing but happiness because for the resellers, they want to manage everything themselves. But if they need backup, the vendor's there, you know, for them. Right. A partner like me, I just get commission checks. They bill the clients, but they actually help the clients in. Right. But I don't make any money off the reselling. That's what makes me nervous, Carl, is moving to reseller that I'm responsible and, and how, right. how can I do all that? <laughs> well, I do like to manage it myself and make the money off of it. So yeah. that's that's just my personal preference. I think that uh, however you want to do it is fine. You know, there's yeah. so many ways to be in this business. I think the important thing is to make money. There's too many yeah. people who say, you know, Microsoft's basic model is you're not going to make any money off this, but you're going to add stuff on and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if I'm not going to make any money off your product selling it directly, then why don't I sell Google apps or something else? You know? Um, so I think you should be, you should feel very good about making money off of everything. Yeah. And your clients are not begging you to not charge them anything. No. You know? I mean, they, everybody wants a deal, but they, they don't want stuff for free. You know, that's not, that's not what it's about. They understand the value. My, my fear, Carl, is 11 o'clock at night on Friday. Cause I do check my email around the clock is I'll get someone with the password reset and I've had a couple drinks and I'm like, I, I can't touch the buttons. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that I, I always feel like I have to be responsive to my clients. So if I was to go to that model, I would have to set some restrictions. Right. That's why well, I don't do to that. Be honest, I don't think you should be, even if you check your mail, you should not be responding to it at that time of night. Don't let your clients know that you're awake you should have a life, you know, I mean, call an attorney, call a plumber at 11 o'clock on Sunday night. I know. How many show up and what they want to charge if they do. Right. I usually so. don't respond. I mean, sometimes I got some friendly clients that they're on travel and they're at the airport and they're bored, which those are like my fun clients. Cause you know, they know I'm up or whatever. And I might be on my phone or whatever, but no, I think that to me is where I'd have to set some restrictions on, you know, there's a, um, there's a fella. Have you ever heard of Matt Rainey? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt has that yes or no. Uh, yes or no is free. And if not, you have to put a ticket in. <laughs> and I love that theory. I say it all the time on my show, but it really made me help me build my business a lot. And it took a long time because I was such a, just such a little weenie. I was like, everything was free and stuff. And I, oh, that didn't take long. And you can't have that. Everything is billable. Right. <laughs> everything. All right. So the next question here, Carl, is uh, from Dante. I believe Carl wasn't a big fan of Office 365 in the past because MS didn't offer a way for text to make good money, which we just said from ongoing basis. Uh, MS commissions are weak. How, he, would, uh, he would more so suggest creating our own bundles. There you go. With hosted exchange. What changed now? Why? And why do you... Oh, there's another question, but answer that one first. <laughs> so, I mean, really the only thing that changed is, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what App River charges, but you know the uh, yeah. the, the average reseller, you're going to be able to get the full office package in the neighborhood of five, six bucks a month. Yeah. And so for me, I I literally I moved my two hundred and forty nine dollar package to two fifty nine, and I just rolled it in, and so now it's part of the big big bundle. Because if think about this, like. It's becoming harder and harder for those of us who resell software to get an actual license, to get an off-the-shelf box product, Microsoft Office. You know, the Pro Plus suite is $400, right? Yeah. So what I want to do is I want to buy it for $400. I want to sell it to, for $500. Well, that's almost impossible to do. What client would ever do that today, right? I know. So instead, I say, forget it. I'm not going to sell you another office. I'm not even going to sell you the OEM, which is only a couple hundred bucks. Instead, I'm just going to roll it into my managed service fee. So now, if you go away, 
not only do you not have antivirus, not have spam filtering, not have email, you don't even have Microsoft Office. <laughs> it's really bad. Right? Yeah. So, and because I roll it into something that they've already agreed to, they're yeah. like, oh, piece of cake, right? My yeah. goal in my bundle has, and, and in managed services has always been to add a little bit more every year so that it makes them stickier and stickier and it makes it harder for somebody else to come up with a bundle to contract. Right. The thing about a bundle, whatever you specialize in, throw it into your bundle. So if you specialize in um, two factor authentication, throw it in. If you specialize in telephones, throw them in. Right. Because if you can make money on something you specialize in, put it in that bundle it's almost impossible for me to come up with a skew to compete with you because I don't resell telephones anymore, right? Exactly. So I don't have a way to easily put those in my bundle. So my Outlook expertise, I could bundle in a couple hours of tech support a year. Sure. Divide that out by 12 and then they get that and anything over that they'd pay extra for, maybe at an even discounted rate. Right. And I would also say part of what you want to do with managed services and cloud services, ignore how much you pay for it. Make that irrelevant. Instead, say, what is this worth, right? What's this bundle worth over the course of a year? Divide by 12, boom, and and charge what it's worth. And it's because sometimes, like, you know, I look at what I pay for all of my storage, antivirus, spam filtering, all that stuff added together. It doesn't cost me 80 bucks a month. No. And I'm charging 260, right? So, you know, Making two or three times as much is pretty easy. And then I add the actual the managed service component on top of that for 250. I'm making really, really good money. And it's not related to what I paid That's for the right. pieces of the bundle. That's right. That's how I gotta think about it, Carl. Well, probably I have to have a follow-up show after I think <laughs> about it. We can revisit that. The uh, next question Dante had was: oh, this is my not so favorite. How do you feel about OneDrive? Well, I'm not a big fan, but, you know, I just happened to have chosen something else simply because at the time when I couldn't make any money off of Microsoft, yeah. uh, you know, I picked something else. And you, I'm not, you know, it's at this point, I'm not going to change. Now, what did you pick? Uh, so I am using Jungle Disk, hmm. which used to be when I first started doing Jungle Disk, uh, you could choose for it to be associated with Amazon Web Services or Rackspace. That's right. And um, they, I think they stopped having a reseller program. But what I do now, again, I like to own the client. So I set up the jungle disk with a username and password that I control. Okay. And, um, you know, I pay that bill, which is this big, and I charge the client. You know that much, so I, I include that with. That's what I do for my storage is okay. jungle, gotcha. and they get the map drive. Map drive. I know that's what people miss. Right. Is you can't map that OneDrive. Uh, I've had some. Uh, okay, a few years ago, I had success with mapping SharePoint. Uh-huh. Then they put that. Then with Windows 10, I got success, and it still breaks. But at least <laughs> I can map it. But then it breaks. But see, I don't know how to fix it. But I don't want to sell that to my clients. If I have to constantly band-aid it, it ain't, yeah. it ain't value for me. To well, do so Jungle Disk, I'd have to look at the exact numbers. It's so incredibly cheap. I, it's it, like I can't even calculate it. It's, yeah. it's uh, it probably cost you 20 bucks a month to get 250 gigs of storage. Okay. And like I've got one client that has two drives because they have one for all their financial and personnel data and only one person at their office accesses that so when she logs in she gets the r drive and the s drive and then everybody else just gets the s drive so um that way all of their you know common core data is in one place and so it's all theirs and they can do whatever they want and i give them 250 gigs for each cloud five pack so if they bought two of those then they then they have half a terabyte and obviously they could buy they could you know, get more if they wanted to. I think this client has less than a hundred gigs of data. So it's never going to be relevant, you know? Yeah. I try to tell people when I, well, I usually just set them up on Dropbox. If they have to have the sharing that, that 
because they have nothing else, like no server and OneDrive. A lot of times they call me because it's been breaking. I, I would never out of the, I would never set anybody up on OneDrive from scratch. <laughs> uh, I because I do. Uh, I'm sorry, there's some noise in the background. There's always uh, people that say, "Oh, we got a huge mess." And I'm like, "Well, the easiest solution is to go to Dropbox to help them reconfigure that, and then they're happy with that." Right. Well, you should take a look at Jungle Disk. It's very easy to use, very cheap. Uh, I have uh, my sister-in-law works for me. She's in Florida. Okay. I have um, an administrative assistant here that she only comes in about one day a week and she works the rest of the time from home. I have my drives at home and my server all mapped to the same drive letter. So no matter where I am, and then of course I travel all the time. Yeah. That drive is the drive. Yes. And it, it is my primary storage for my company data since 2008. Cool. So it's very stable and you can open up an entire website in Dreamweaver over the uh, jungle disk drive and it just works. Wow. Yeah. I just don't get into data, but I know a lot of techs are struggling with this, Carl. There's a lot of OneDrive issues. In fact, I got a guy here. My next question, it's, it's going to be revolved around that. So I'll, I'll get onto that here. One second. Uh, so this now, Oh, also, uh, Dante wanted to know, do you sell Office 365 now to your clients, which you do, correct? Yeah. I, again, I, I don't sell it separately. It's part of the big bundle. bundle. Yeah, part of the bundle. Okay. So then in my group, the Office 365, we have a guy named Eric who said, I thought you got out of the MSP business. <laughs> <laughs> Guess not, huh? I, I, you know, it's funny. I'm not sure why people think I got out of that business. Because even, even for the short period of time when I was working for the other company that, you know, it used to be my company. Uh, we literally, we, we switched nameplates, but we sat in the same desks and did the same thing. And, you know, I did, I did all the sales and, uh, managed the, um, uh, migrations and larger products, you know, projects. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't know. Gossip goes around, Carl. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to being you. Well, um, part of it is also, I've had people question like, how can you travel so much and say that you run an MSP? And I said, well. I set it all up so it doesn't break. That's the thing about these cloud services. Once <laughs> once they work, they don't break, yeah. right? And, yeah. and you know, worst case scenario, I'm in Paraguay and I have to call App River and say, "Fix your stuff." <laughs> yeah, well, you got 12 employees too, right? Not anymore. No, so. no. Now I just have a, a handful, but but only one of them is technical. The rest are administrative assistants and marketing people. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, you figured it out, so you can still do all the travel and stuff. I mean, that's kind of like the dream, Carl. <laughs> have your business run and you don't have to be, you know, working well, 24 hours a day. I don't even tell my clients when I'm traveling anymore. <laughs> they don't follow you on Facebook, obviously. It causes them to worry and it doesn't matter. So <laughs> No. If people don't complain, they're not leaving you. Uh, he also asked, uh, I would like to know if he would or is including them in the plan. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, he would like to know if you're including them in the plans and how you handle support. So I guess you haven't answered the how do you support question or how do you support the well, question? So uh, for most of the things that we talked about, storage, antivirus, and so forth, it just works. I mean, literally it just works. And mm -hmm. so the only time that there's an issue is when, you know, if there's a problem with exchange, well, I call my provider or I email them actually, mm -hmm. and they fix it. Yeah. But to be honest, I've never had a problem with the storage. I haven't had one issue with me or a client in nice. eight years, right? And, you know, exchange same way, you know, so forth and so on. Probably the thing that takes the most time is when people say, I need an ad move change, yeah, which is billable. That's right. right? That's not included in my managed services. So when they want, if they have a problem with a printer, a lot of times I actually have to go in and, and take care of that. Yeah. But uh, we have set up, you know, entire new users where I can remote into their desktop and fix everything. And even if I'm in town, I only go into the client's office so that they see me occasionally and they don't yeah. know that I travel as much as I do. Well, I don't even see my clients, Carl. I helped a gal over Skype yesterday from Australia. She saw me on camera. That's right. just, I don't really talk, I don't even, they don't even see me. So the support is uh, just like us. You're, you're, you just do the same thing we do pretty much. Right. That's good. Okay, now Paul has a question. Uh, I need to find a way to monitor OneDrive when the link with the when the link is a share. 
Is there a way to monitor that when the link is accessed, when files are downloaded? Can you see who's accessed it, basically? But and that's, that's the one I don't know the answer to. <laughs> that's when I laughed and said, uh, are you insane, Paul? Because nobody <laughs> knows that. And then I sent him a couple links I Googled, which I hate when people do that. You know, they ask a question, you Google it, and you give them the Google link. But it was kind of a <laughs> joke because my answer is what I find in Google, honestly. Right. And the other thing he said is um, the short URL, and you don't deal with the OneDrive, so I'm just going to skip it. Sorry, Paul. No answer for you. <laughs> okay, now, Eric, I believe you did meet Eric down at um, something, Eric Dreyer-Goldman. Yeah, yeah. Eric's been on uh, my show in the past. Eric was oh. one of my first guests on my BAMCast show I did out 2011 and 12, but uh, he, he did note about meeting you. And he wants to talk about SharePoint intranets and which Office 3 partner gives us the most profit. So do you guys do SharePoint? So uh, so we have done SharePoint. I don't know who gives you the most profit. That's I don't know yeah. the answer to that one. Because that but, doesn't you know, happen. <laughs> uh, for most of the... Most of the Office 365 packages, they get a certain amount of SharePoint just included. They do. Right? So, uh, you know, if you're reselling Office 365 of any variety, uh, again, whether it's through a reseller or through Microsoft, you've, you've got access to that. So it's almost like a free add-on for all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, I think the profit in, in – I don't know if you know who Robert Crane is from Australia. So – He's a Microsoft MVP for SharePoint, and he does a lot of stuff with Office 365. And um, you should probably have him as a guest. <laughs> well, he might be next. I did have Paul Cunningham. You know, Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on my show a couple shows ago. So yeah. So um, anyway, so so Robert is always talking about different ways to make money with with SharePoint because um, you know he does a lot of specialty programming and so forth. Yeah. And it's customized for dentists or attorneys or whatever. Oh. Let me just tell you that SharePoint, here's the thing is that most people don't get asked about SharePoint because the clients really don't get sold it, okay? Right. That's the first thing. Is most uh, people I see don't go, hey, let's you, let's set you up on the full Office 365 experience. No, most people just try to get out of the SharePoint. They, they tackle on OneDrive if they have to, but their SharePoint is such a, uh, let's put it this way, Carl, I do basic setup for people. I'm talking basics. I make a directory. I show them how to share it. I, I show them permissions, blah, blah, blah. There is a new tool out there, which I've talked about now for two shows. It's called Harmon.ie. And it actually has a plugin for Outlook that does, uh, it opens up SharePoint and you can attach files and do a bunch of cool stuff with it. It is pretty cool. So it's kind of like um, a stumbling block for text to get through to help clients get into SharePoint without learning how to uh, configure a SharePoint site and all that. But Carl, let me tell you how hard it is to find a SharePoint expert that's under three grand. Yeah. I did find a guy and he's affordable and he is now uh, on my uh, expert list and he is break fixed by the hour and he is pretty good. So if you ever need anybody, I have a guy, but man, it is just that SharePoint is kind of like untouched sometimes I think. Right. Yeah. And then Eric wrote, uh, I spent a couple of days with Carl and his brother, Manuel, and uh, purchased Carl's operation manuals, along with some other books. There must have been a blueprint to add your uh, arsenal. Oh, they, they're a must-buy, he said. That's what it is. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I actually went on to your Facebook, and I saw a picture of Eric in there. I was like, hey, you're in the picture. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw him in there. It's kind of funny. So he just kind of puts out a little, he recommends your stuff, which I think everybody that knows about you, hoping to expand you to my listener base for those. I've been picking up some new listeners, Carl. It's, I've been getting some new fan mail. I got to tell you, it gets exciting. Well, good. Yeah, I like it. And well, 60 uh, shows, that's nothing to sneeze at. Well, I'm actually almost near 100. I started podcasting in 2010, and this is 60 for this these two shows I built together. I had a remote support show before and I was kind of getting bored with that, you know? So I flipped it to the office 365 show, um, in 2013. Nope. Wait, last year, I think. Anyway, this, this is more of a hot topic, you know, and I've been trying to add guests and do some different things. And well, anyway, so let's see. Uh, so Carl, let's talk about how we can get involved in your programs, follow you, all that stuff. Uh, start with your business website is smallbusinessthoughts.com. Biz, B-I-Z. Small. 
That biz. Yeah, small biz thoughts. Uh, although if people Google me, uh, they're, oh, they're going right. to find me. Um, and uh, yeah, so at Small Biz Thoughts, I have a blog. And I try to put on at least one article a week. And sometimes it's closer to three. Yeah. In fact, I think my average for the year is three posts a week. Yeah. I have uh, two YouTube channels. So one is is YouTube slash Small Biz Thoughts. Okay. And that's where I have a lot of my SOP videos. And, you know, one of my big books is Standard Operating Procedures for Managed Service Providers. Uh, so I have videos about that I put up every week. Okay. And then the other one is uh, just slash Carl Polichuk. And that's where I put up stuff on one of my books is called Relax, Focus, Succeed. And it's okay. a guide to balancing your personal and professional lives and being more successful in both. So. Uh, that's one where it's kind of not strictly speaking a technology thing, yeah. but it's uh, it's quite popular as well. Gotcha. I don't sense any uh, uh, Tony Robbins from you, <laughs> but I, I know one of your buddies out in Sacramento, uh, and he was my business coach. And I can uh, you probably know him. I don't know if I should mention his name without his permission, but um, he, he, his first name. I think I know who it is. Oh, John. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the funny thing is I hired him through this weird circle, but anyway, he kind of told me he knew you and he knew uh, a few other, you know, like Robin Robbins and and Tony Robbins. And I'm like, I don't sense that from you, Carl, that you came right out of his school of, it doesn't sound like it. No. Yeah. But I can see you've got your own little channels of things going on. That's, it's, it's funny. You know, one of the things that's interesting about, speaking and training and so forth is, uh, you know, they say you can never, you can never be famous in your own hometown. Right. Uh, so if I throw an event here, nobody shows up. So I scheduled an event, I think it was in San Jose many, many years ago. And, um, so I got to drive all the way to San Jose, get a hotel room, get a meeting room, all this kind of stuff. I got like 30 people there. Well, two of them were John and somebody who works for him drove all the way from Sacramento to San Jose to go sit in this seminar. And he said it changed his business. And when he adopted managed services and then the market crashed and the bottom fell out, he said he would not have survived if he had not had regular recurring revenue and guaranteed income every month, you know, during the recession. And in fact, our own business my my office manager and and the guy who bought my company both said there's no way we would have survived if we didn't wow. have signed contracts and recurring revenue. And you know, yeah. so many people have washed out of this business in the last you know eight ten years. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I clean my mailing list, postal list, every three months, and I would say we lose at least fifteen or twenty percent every year from this business quite dramatic. So, you know, you really, you, you can't ignore the advice that you need to have regular recurring revenue. It really, it is, it's the foundation that everything else is built on. I'm kind of surprised John took me on as a client because he knew I was not MSP. And uh, like I told you, I've met him through this weird, uh, weird way, but I was kind of interested in what he had to say once he started telling me, I was like, you know what? I've never had a business coach that was from the IT background. So I signed up right away. You know, first thing he taught me is, so you want to get started right now? Give me that credit card. (laughs) (laughs) First lesson. And I was like, John, I like you, man. And it was a little expensive, but you know what? I really made it count. You know, I'm not trying to pitch him here, but I really took advantage of having a a person to talk to and to learn from. And even though uh, our mentalities didn't always match up because of what I do for business, I had two major takeaways. And the first one was, he said, Lisa, you got to finish those Outlook videos. Because I've been having on my plate for two years, Carl, and I kind of knew that I had to get those out and on the and out for sale because of uh, recurring revenue. Right. Even though I didn't have MSP, he was like, you got to sell something with your expertise. The second thing was, your passion is really in marketing, so you should do marketing coaching for techs. Nice. Well, I was like, you know what? I do have the passion. I do know it. I do know a lot. And I was like, so put a little seed in there. I'm working on that in the background. But, you know, it's just kind of like the value of, of how to keep reoccurring stuff and keep what you enjoy doing. Right. Everybody goes through funks. 
Well, and I'm a big believer in coaches. So I've had several life coaches and business coaches and sales coaches and marketing coaches and, and even one dating coach. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that, you know, yeah. there's, there's, it's, it's not necessarily that somebody has so much more knowledge, although I try to get somebody who has more knowledge than me, but that it's a different perspective and it's somebody yeah. to hold you accountable and to say, you know, you say you want this, but what are you doing, right? If your actions are here, but your, your desire is here, let's try to get those in line and, you know, basically work on it. Uh, yeah. My, my former, one of my former life coaches uh, she was having some issues and she said, I need somebody to give me a phone call every Friday and ask me what I'm doing about these three things. And she's like, will you do that? And I said, sure. It was kind of reverse, reverse coaching yeah. here. <laughs> well, you know, it's, 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 it's the accountability thing. I, I use John for a lot of that. Unfortunately, I went through so much crap during that time with John that had nothing to do with him that I kind of felt like I went full circle but I wrote all my notes down. So when I'm ready, I have all the notes that of things I learned from him. And because I want to make sure that that counts when I'm ready, you right. know, I took advantage of his knowledge and it was a lot of good stuff. He talked about sales funnels and da, 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 da. I'm not a fan of drip marketing, but I am a fan of a lot of other stuff. So anyway, it's a personal thing, but go on my Facebook and look in the photos from December, I think it was two years ago, but it might be three years ago. Look in the December folder. You're going to see a picture of us together, and he's got his nice little Christmas outfit on. <laughs> I'll make sure to rip him about that, his little Christmas sweater. All right, Carl. Well, I think, you know what? We uh, kind of talked about everything on from my notes here. Um, anything else you want to add? I, I'll put the notes. I'll put all your links and everything for the show notes. Um, but well, I just want to encourage people, you know, in addition to coaching, which is huge, uh, I, I think coaching is absolutely worthwhile. Um, and you got to find the right coach, but I think that that's worth doing. And I would also say just in general education, there's so much, you know, yeah. education available in this business, not just from me, but from everywhere. Some of it is free and some of it is for pay and, uh, you know, soak it up. You know, and I'm, a, I'm also a real big believer in audio programs. Yeah. Subscribe to audible.com. Okay. And you can get, um, I think I get three credits a month for 20 bucks and they have a smaller program, but you know, I just consume those books and mm-hmm. audio programs. I always listen to them three times. Cause you know, it'd be like turning the corner and, you know, not paying attention yeah. to something. And so, but if I listen to them three times, I usually get everything. Um, but you know, so whether you read or just listen to stuff, there's so many good things and there's not as many podcasts as there used to be. So it's a, it's good to have a podcast and I appreciate you doing that. So, yeah. uh, but you know, uh, a lot of people in this business, they don't know that they're, they don't know what managed services is. No, that, that term, it's not a natural term. If you are young and you say, well, I want to do computer consulting. Well, you have no idea what managed services is or that it's even remotely related to computers. That sure. term just doesn't make that much sense. And uh, so, you know, somebody needs to find them and, and bring them into the fold. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's part of what I'm trying to do is find all those people who don't know that they're managed service providers. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's probably plenty out there, Carl. I think that um, it does, like I said, a few years ago, I heard about you. I didn't even know what managed service was. I didn't, pay attention to it. And it, like I said, I still dabble in the thoughts of it, but uh, I hope everybody that's listening got a little bite of this uh, could chew on it. Carl, you also do offer coaching yourself, right? I think I saw that on there. Uh, yeah, I offer, I have just one kind of coaching package. I used to be a lot more flexible, but I found that there were people who were not, they weren't really dedicated to digging in and doing the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, to be honest, it's a little pricey, but uh, I pretty much guarantee that if if I take you on, and I only take on five people at a time, yeah, um, I want to make sure that I can give you as much attention as you need. But it's yeah. a specific program designed to get people up to speed and successful in managed services. And I'll tell you one uh, example of somebody that I really helped out was um, – this guy who he wanted to learn an RMM system, a remote monitoring and management system. So he bought a hundred licenses 
And you know, that's only a hundred, that's 150 bucks a month, right? So yeah. that's, that's an investment, but what he wanted to do was deploy them to a client. So he deployed them to a hundred different desktops, didn't tell his clients about it because what he wanted to do was to make sure he knew how to schedule patches and fixes and updates and reboot remotely and monitor things and, you know, work through the system. He wanted to prove that he understood it and he felt really comfortable about it. So a year later, all of his clients have stopped calling him because nothing's broken anymore. Things just work. Right. And now he's like, I got to go to these people and tell them I have to charge them for this, even though they stopped calling me because all their stuff works now. Oh my God. Right. And I'm like, okay, so this is, you've done it exactly bass backwards. So, you know, I helped him (laughs) that, but once he started getting people signed up, uh, he literally just, it started rolling. And he, at, at one point, he just took everybody who was super small below a certain line. He just sent him a letter. He said, either sign up or not. I don't care one way or the other. But Well, here's what I found out, Carl. When I was doing the, the little managed services bit for a bit, uh, when people, when I had to call, well, this is what the invoice thing bothered me. I sent them an invoice. They wouldn't pay it. I'd send it again. They wouldn't pay it. I'd call them and they go, well, guess what? I haven't called you in six months, so it doesn't work. I go, no, it does work. You haven't called in six months. You don't understand that. If you don't call, that means it's working. Right. And and then they'd be like, well, how do I know? I go, well, we'll send you a report. So that became this big game of, look, we, we protected you from 60,000 attacks and showed them reports. And they're like, oh, okay. I mean, that's the point. You're not supposed right. to call. And that's why that guy saw a year of no Exactly. So Matthew Dickerson tells this great story. He's from Australia. And uh, actually, he he didn't really come up with anything to sell anybody. But uh, he wrote a book a long, long time ago and uh, was one of the early advocates of managed services. And he talks about how uh, his, you know, his um, uh, competitors, you know, they're facing against their clients. They only make money when their clients are broken. Right. Okay. So the clients are in pain. They get to make money. And so he said that that he's in line with his clients. When their stuff is working, he makes money. When their stuff is broken, then he has to spend time fixing it, right? Mm-hmm. He tells the story of how his uh, competitors, they every Monday morning, they have this closet full of pillows, and they get the pillows out, and they all kneel down, and they pray that their clients' machines will break so they can feed their families. <laughs> he says, we don't do that. But, you know, instead – we fix everything and then your your system's working. You get to make a bunch of money and I get to keep the money that I've charged you on the first day of the month. So we, we both are facing in the same direction. Oh, exactly. Well, that's one thing I, I got to start thinking about, Carl, because I'm in my uh, August 17th is my nine year anniversary. I'm in my ninth year and I'm like, man, I just feel like I am cycling the same stuff. You know, I keep trying to think of things and I'm like, I'm in my third year of being in the exact same spot. Yep. You know, and it's like, I got to change it, but I don't want, I kind of don't think I want the million dollar business anymore. I don't want the stress of the employees and the headaches, but I'm like, you know, I still feel like I could up it up a couple notches. Well, nowadays with the tools we have, you could easily support 500 desktops without a technician to help you. And yeah. You know, again, recurring revenue, and if you if you do it right, you can make a massive amount of money, and you don't need any. You know, I have support. hundreds of mailboxes under my system right now. Hundreds. I mean, I've done 150 migrations with hundreds of mailboxes under that. So, going back three years, if I would have done this, now think three years ahead, you know, how could I be? So. Well, I will think about that, Carl. <laughs> the good news about technology is everything gets completely redone every couple of years. Yeah. So just just set your sights on where you want to go and put that in place. Start signing contracts now. And three years from now, they'll all be prepaid on the first of the month. I know. That does sound good. I, know, I already know, too, how people work. So I think I could build the bundles better. Right. All right, Carl. Well, here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to close up the show. I'm going to put all the links for Carl's stuff. And then, Carl, once you're uh, the seminar... Uh, for the tech fest is up. You are going to have like something that people can go buy online for the office 365. Well, no, no I'm, I'm not, I'm not reselling my package oh. or whatever. I'm training people how to build it themselves and okay. make it very profitable. So okay. that's what that seminar is about. Okay. So if they miss that, then they can't. Hey, if they, 
If they go to smallbizthoughts.com and they sign up for my newsletter, I guarantee they won't miss a thing. Okay, there you go. That's what I wanted was how do they get if they can't go there? All right. All right, Carl. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to close the show out here. Uh, appreciate you on. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thank you to our sponsor, AppRiver and Podbean for hosting. If you have a story you want to share or send me feedback, you can email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. And my Outlook videos is the next show. I'm going to talk all about them. You can check them out. And I'll put a link in the, in the bottom of the notes there as well. Thank you, folks, and see you next time. Thanks for having me. See ya. Thanks, Carl.